Hey guys, it's time for another episode of True Crime on Easy Street. I can't believe it's already been a week since we recorded one of these. We've got everything plugged back in again this week, and the sound is fantastic. Katie, thank you. Uh, Give yourself a high five, because I can't reach you from here. (laughs) My name is Scott Wright. I am a mediocre journalist. My name is Kelly Turner, and I'm not a doctor. I'm Katie Givens. I'm not a lawyer. So today we're going to tackle something. You know, we talk about this from time to time on the show. We we move around. Mm -hmm. We started out in Alabama exclusively, and then we've reached out into some other areas of the country and around the world since then. But today, all of you folks in Alabama who listen to True Crime on Easy Street will be glad to know that we are right back here in Alabama again. Kelly is in the big chair today, and she's going to tell us about something that happened 10 years ago this month in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. 10 years ago in February, not January. Oh, yeah. but So almost mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Yeah, very close. What month is this? January. I've been drinking this morning. I apologize. <laughs> Somebody poured Kahlua into my coffee. I'm shocked. Yes. (laughs) Color us shocked. Anyway, go ahead. Tell the story. We have some other things to do before we get started with with the show, but you you guys go ahead. So we have a, what we're calling, I think we, and we may change this because we can do what we want. It's our (laughs) podcast. (laughs) But we have something we, we are calling a palate cleanser. That's right. We've had some really, um, Disgusting. Ooh, tough Morbid. stories to get through. Yeah. And today is a sad story. There's no exception to today's rule. It's it's not as, um, uh, it's not John Wayne Gacy and it's not, you know, Danny Rowling and mm-hmm. that, that, that level. It's still a tragedy that happened in the state of Alabama. But before we get to that, we're going to do our palate cleanser story. And so from time to time... When we come across these outrageous stories. And this is one. It is. I mean, it's ridiculous. It makes you think the truth truly is stranger than fiction. Yeah, so we're going to poke you in the ribs before we get serious today. Exactly. Exactly. So, in June of 2022, so not not too long ago. Just a few months ago. Past summer, okay. In the great town of Wetumpka, Alabama. That's where we are for our palate cleanser today. And I'm just going to read straight from an article here. And we'll right. reference it in our, in our show notes. I'll make sure that we, we have all of that. A municipal judge found two women guilty on all charges in a case that started when they were caught feeding and trapping cats on public property near the courthouse. End quote. That's the first sentence. Sorry. That's an that's a nice lead. I mean, I'm already hooked. I don't know what happens next, but I'm hooked. I'm going to read the rest after I read that. They were caught feeding cats, and so uh, 61 year old Mary Alston and 85 year old Beverly Roberts received two years of unsupervised probation and fifty dollar fines plus the court costs for each charge, and then the judge threw on top of that a suspended sentence of 10 days in jail for both women. Now, they didn't serve any time because it was suspended. Mm -hmm. And their probation is unsupervised. That is the best kind of probation to get, I'm assuming. (laughs) I'm assuming. I guess that's saying, don't mess up again. Yeah. Yeah, and and a small, you know, $50 fine plus the court cost. So, you know, not not too... For feeding and trapping But a couple of old ladies probably living on Social Security. 
I don't know. I don't know anything. You're gonna about smack them with fifty bucks? That's what do they do exactly? Okay, well, let me let me say this. I think that the judge at this point, the reason we're seeing this, the, all of this, is because by the time this hearing was over, this hearing took an entire day out of people's lives that they can never get back. Okay, <laughs> and I think by this point, the judge was like, you know what? Just here. Mm-hmm. This is what we're going to do. Y'all don't do this again. Go I mean, forth no. and sin no more. Do not get in back up in here in my courtroom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that, but that's just kind of my deal. So you can watch the footage of the body cam, the officer's body cam, and see the entire thing happen. And they're convinced, these these two elderly ladies, that they're doing a service to the community because they are catching cats that they are going to take down to the animal shelter and have spayed or neutered so that they don't create another problem. That's that is, is their, that, that's their that's their story. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So the what you see is it the 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 body cam starts with the 61-year-old and she's there and she has her car parked there and it's a an area that's kind of near the courthouse and apparently what we don't know by this article is and and I'm not I'm not uh, saying the article's bad. I'm just saying there's more to this story. Watch out. I defend mediocre journalists (laughs) all over the state of Alabama. It's not a mediocre article. It's just to give you the backstory before this happened. Apparently, this has been going on for some time. And the mayor and everybody near the courthouse, everybody that works there near that area, they're sick of this. Because what's happening is they're leaving this food out to try and trap these cats. Well, it's not just attracting cats. There's all okay. kinds of other squirrels and raccoons and possums and that this this is attracting. Okay. And so they had been asked to not So they have turned the courthouse parking lot into a wild animal zoo in Wetumpka. And so much so that the the person who's over tr- the the city transportation you know they have the the public vehicles and things that are usually parked in the parking lot there of those city buildings courthouse sure. things like that said yeah. that it's getting so bad that one of the animals possibly a cat maybe something else had burrowed into some of the service trucks and chewed wires oh yeah and chewed be. you know it messed up it's it's it was causing damage mm-hmm of course, there's, you know, two sides to everything. So so the lady's sitting there, the 61-year-old, and she's just, she's got her trap set and she's got her food and the cop comes up. And you can tell that the police officer just doesn't want to be there. Yeah, I don't want to arrest grandma, but they have told me that I have to do this. The mayor has called and they have sent three police officers out there. Okay. So she turns around and she goes, there's three of you for me feeding cats? I mean, it's a valid statement, but the officer's like, ma'am, will you please just get your stuff? You're on city property. She's like, I'm on, I'm your, he says, you're trespassing. She's like, I'm not trespassing. This is public property. And he's like, well, it's owned by the city. And they've asked that you not be here and feeding these cats is causing a problem. And she just continues to argue. Yeah, she was semi-belligerent. She she is. It seems like we didn't get now, the first tape. She's not the belligerent one. Just wait until the 85-year-old gets out there. <laughs> she, she gets out there. So then later the footage cuts to they, they have to come back. 
Not only is the 61-year-old still there, but now the 85-year-old has pulled her car up there and she's sitting there. And they're saying, look, you can't be here. And he tells the 85-year-old, now we've already, you've already been hit with trespassing. You know you're not supposed to be here. Oh, God. So they've had this conversation. And she's like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in my car. I'm not on. And and he's like, but your car's parked. Yeah. They should have consulted with an attorney. Public property. And she just won't go. She's like, and they're, they're kind of laughing. They're not really taking it seriously. Mm -hmm. And you can tell that the cops are, and the reason there's three, they, there are two police officers that they send and one guy is training. So that's why there's three. Okay. They didn't just send three cops. They didn't send everybody because that's probably everybody in Wetumpka. They sent two and one guy's training. And so he even lets the the guy training tell the lady, you know, he said, he ran her driver's license. He said, take this and tell her, you know, and he's like, ma'am, you got to go. You're trespassing. I mean, they don't want to be doing this. Yeah. (laughs) And they won't go. They will not go. One lady just keeps getting her food and her, her traps. I mean, she's just going to keep doing what she's doing. She's going to work while they're watching. Yeah. And then one lady says, this is what you are wasting city gas on mm-hmm. coming here. You know, there's that old Jerry Seinfeld Let's joke where he's like, you know, uh, once you get to a certain age, you don't even look in the mirror anymore. You're just like, I'm old and I'm backing up. <laughs> so get out of the way. And it was like, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. Yeah. And so then it gets to the point where he's like, all right, so... You refuse to leave, both of you, so we're going to have to take you in. And they still don't fully understand that. So the 85-year-old, then she gets out of her car, and she starts walking over to the other woman. He's like, ma'am, where are you going? Where are you going? I've just (laughs) told you you're being arrested. She said, I'm giving my keys to her so that she can move my car. So she's, you know... She's trying to think, I'm not going to leave my car. It's on the cusp of cooperation, but I'm I'm not not convinced yet. I'm not going to leave my car, and I'm not going to leave my pocketbook here. You're not going to separate an old lady from her pocketbook now. Come on, guys. Don't try to do that. Right. So she starts walking, and he's like, give it to the other officer, because there's another officer dealing with a 61-year-old. He's like, you know, still trying to get her to leave. Is there a helicopter hovering overhead yet? (laughs) And they haven't called in the SWAT team or anything like that yet. So she takes her keys and she slams those keys into the other officer's face. I mean, like, wait a minute. And the whole, and, and and while she does it, as she's slamming the keys into his hand, she goes, and I quote, "You son of a bitch!" Oh no! Wait a minute. That that may probably, be more trouble. That's probably not the best. It is. Did she just assault a police officer? Well, he said. Now you got another charge. So they handcuff this 85-year-old woman behind her back, Mm -hmm. hands behind her back. They try to put her in one car, and she can't get up in there because her hands are behind her back. Yeah. And her back. She's 85. She's 85. Maybe this was just bucket list for her. She just wanted to get arrested. She's 85 years old. So they finally get her into the back of a car, and she just kind of lays down, like, in the back. (laughs) Yeah, because she doesn't have her, she doesn't have her, balance so she just kind of shimmies in the back of the car and just kind of lays down so it goes to court and they spend an entire day in court testifying they bring in animal experts they bring in all this because in their mind and in the minds of the animal experts they're doing a good deed for the city and they say that in the cam you can see that 
what you said earlier, this is what they're trying to do. They're, yeah. they're putting out the food. They're trying to catch the cats. Right. They're trying to <laughs> spay or neuter yeah, them. Yeah, they're not making cat stew at home in yeah. their basement later. They're trying to do a good thing. They're they're probably involved in the, in the Humane Society. Yes. Then the, the transportation guide, you know, and some other people from City Hall testify that it's a nuisance that they have been asked to stop doing this. There's buzzards. You know, the the parking lot is becoming a zoo. Yeah. According to the workers. It's a problem. Yeah. You get birds involved and I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) And buzzards are huge. (laughs) So it's causing a problem. Then you have another animal expert who says, well, cats don't really burrow into cars. That sounds more like a rodent problem. Mm -hmm. I think that probably hurt their case worse because they're like, oh, well, now you've attracted rats. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the cats aren't going to eat the rats because they're getting food. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) The cats are not even going to do their cat job. So it's just a problem. And this took an entire day. And so the judge just finally sentenced them to. Oh, I bet everyone was over this by the end of this. I'm sure no one wants to stay all day in the courthouse anyway. Can you imagine what's the the court? uh, What's the the person who sits there and the stenographer? Yeah. Can you imagine? Being that person, no. typing this up. No. Anyway, so they they um that's what they got, and uh, still think that they are, you know, we're doing a good deed. I wonder if they'll be back. Yep. Uh, keep your finger on the pulse of that story because that may not be the end of it. And you just goes to show that you don't have to go any further than Alabama to get shit nuts crazy on a true crime podcast. Well, you know, we may actually get to give an update if they do do mm-hmm. if they do this again. We may ha- we may get to give an update and an, and another Murdoch update in the same yeah. <laughs> They'll they'll have to spend some time in jail if they get. Arrested again. I think this judge will be done with them mm-hmm. if if they're and the mayor is already done with yeah, them. Yeah, because if they break their probation, like I'm sure mm-hmm. he'll make them stay. And and, and what do we not know? Maybe this is maybe there's a family squabble involved in this. Maybe the, the maybe great grandma and the mayor are on opposite sides. I'm just making things up now, but there's something going on that we don't know about. Yeah, this is my personal opinion, but I got the sense that there was an issue between the the two ladies and possibly the mayor mm-hmm. or someone high up. Yeah, in the area, but that's just me. I don't know if that's really true or not. But uh, they fought the law, and the law won. <laughs> that's that's oh. they did. They tried, and so uh, no more feeding cats uh, on city property in Wetumpka. Yeah. So if you're near that area, just don't keep do driving. It. Just don't do it. Keep driving. Take, and uh, I know that that one. <laughs> officer did report that uh, the way it read was um, he did see the lady there at the scene and she was in possession of Fancy Feast. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, So, you know, there we go. The worst has been confirmed. There's our palate cleanser for the day. I think I still feel a little dirty. (laughs) I know, I know. So, there we go. So, uh, before we get into our story, how was your weekend? I had a great weekend. I, I sat with your husband yesterday. We watched the Alabama basketball game, and he mentioned that you and uh, the family and some friends went to the Fox Theater in Atlanta, which is not very far from here. You know, we're located right here in the ABC Triangle Atlanta, Birmingham, Chattanooga, and the Chamber of Commerce is one of our huge sponsors. I met a couple of guys over the weekend, just briefly, uh, Canute and Don. They are from Minnesota. 
Okay. I'm sorry, Minnesota. Oh, Minnesota. They are here for an, an entire month. They rented awesome. a house on Weiss Lake here in beautiful Cherokee County, Alabama. They were asking me where they could go to ride ATVs. And I said, because I remembered, because Teresa and Joy are, are our sponsors here on the show, yes, the you chamber. should reach out to the Chamber of Commerce. And they did. And I saw them again yesterday. And they had already found where to go to ride their ATVs. And they've got some fishing guides lined up. Uh, just everything that you think that the chamber of commerce would be good at mm-hmm. our chamber of commerce is good at that and hook these guys up and they're here for a month from minnesota just to visit cherokee county alabama and weiss lake so got to meet those guys so a shout out i forgot to tell them about the show oh well, uh, well, well but i'm sure that i will see them again so when they're listening back to this welcome welcome yeah. to canute and don it's good to see you guys yeah. or it's, uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for reaching out to the chamber of commerce that's all. Awesome. Sorry to mean to turn that into an advertisement. No, I love that. We love our sponsors. Here. Yeah, we do indeed. Yeah. So if you guys want to skip over the 30 second spot later in the show, you can, but please don't because you will get some other information that we did not include here. That's right. But anyway, very, very important. So that's what happened to me this weekend. So you went to the Fox theater. I did briefly. We, Bring saw, it. we saw Hades town. Very excellent show. That's uh, Greek mythology. I it's think you mentioned before we Greek. went on the air mm-hmm. yes. with a new Orleans flair. It does have that. shrimp and grits. The music is uh, wonderful. Was shrimp and grits on the menu at the Fox Theater. No, but it was no. on the restaurant that we went to before. Very nice. Ah, yeah. the whole okay. little theme night. I know. I didn't okay. eat that though. I actually ate empanadas before I. Okay, there. but in the it's, same. It was a. It was a very eclectic menu because I had falafel balls, and then I had empanadas. Okay. That's a, that's okay. rice and. Beans and it's like chickpeas. Be- chickpeas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So right. a little Mediterranean, a little, you know. <laughs> a little bit of everything. Yeah. Katie, I heard that there was a fantastic crowd last night at Easy Street for the Shane Gibbons Band. There sure was. I uh, got to run the lights. Oh, yeah. Oh, so was I that the first little, time? I had a little job. Yes. I, you know, press a couple of buttons, but. Okay. You know, well, you're, heard, everyone was you're usually pretty good at that here, so that works that out great. Show. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it was. I bet it was the best light show that's Easy I, Streets ever seen. That's what, Perfect. I was, that's what I was telling the people. But okay, you know. yeah. well then, that's what All we're right. going to run with here. Yeah. Exactly. So a good crowd. So um, everybody had a good weekend, and it's uh, it's late January now. Yeah. So we've got, uh, is there anything coming up that we want to tell anybody about? Of course, we're doing a bunch of brand new things in 2023 that we're not going to spoil that surprise because mm-hmm. I can already see you giving me that eye. Yep, so I yep, can't tell yep. anything about what's coming up, but some fantastic things, some new venues. We just did the uh, the palate cleanser. That's something we're going to add in 2023. That's the first of many this first year. First of many this year. Because let me just tell you, we're, we're not hurting for... Uh, stories yeah and we're getting to the point where we've been doing this long enough that we've covered enough cases that there are updates to ongoing cases we mentioned oh, yeah. the murdochs earlier and maybe this uh, cat thing in Matumka, which sounds like it could get completely out of hand <laughs> before it's all over we're gonna, have, we're gonna have cat watch 2023 yeah. so you know we we don't know but we know we've got we've got a bunch of things on the bulletin board most of those index cards are still blank at this point but we're gonna fill them in as we go along and we will share it with you at the right time yeah and yeah, we all. have a we have a vision board that literally just says by the seat of our pants. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> so, um, but that's is there anything else we need to? Uh, do you have the uh, the winner? Terry Kelly from Leesburg okay. was the winner of the uh, five hundred dollar bull hard cash contest. What one of our sponsors is the Cherokee Post Herald. Oh, and that thank was you. Uh, uh, the contest that we have been promoting during our commercial segment for the last 
several weeks. Yes. And so Terry Kelly was one of dozens of people who signed up for a new subscription, chose the 14 bowl games that we put on the entry list. He chose 12 of 14 correctly. We didn't even need the tiebreaker. And so he got the $500 first place cash prize. Nice. And we shared that on all of our Facebook pages. So you can see what Terry looks like. He looks very happy. He is holding <laughs> a check too. for 500 yeah. bucks. So. I'd be happy too. But yeah. Awesome. So uh, that's, and we're going to keep, they're going to continue to be a sponsor, the Post Herald. When I say they, I mean me because I work there. <laughs> so we're going to continue to be a sponsor and promote ourselves and subscription drives and things like that. But and Terry are, Kelly was the big winner. We are appreciative. We love the post. Well, I wasn't we fishing for a compliment, but I will take one. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Okay, Katie, anything else? I think we're solid. We're good. Ready to go. Okay, so we will get to our story, which is an Alabama story mm-hmm. today, our, our true crime story here. Uh, this true crime today takes place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or it, it took place in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. So on February the 24th, 2013, police were called to a home located in the Highlands area of Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Scott, do you know that area? I do. It's a it's a nice, uh, it's an upscale neighborhood. It's sort of, I don't want to say that it's walled off necessarily or fenced off, but it is certainly, um, there, there are, it's, there's high shrubbery between mm-hmm. the roadway and this area of town. A lot of uh, nicer homes. There's a big archway with uh, wrought iron and uh blocks that introduce you into the neighborhood. So it's a very upscale neighborhood. I didn't go there a lot when I was a student. I was not invited to that part of town. I I bet you were not. I was totally not. (laughs) Well, I've seen pictures of this wrought iron gate you're talking about. It's a very pretty gate. Very nice area of town. It does look like a very nice area. So police were called to a home there. A body had been discovered and the body was the owner of the home who was 73-year-old Kate Ragsdale. She was found dead in the hallway of her home by a neighbor around 5 p.m. on that day. Tuscaloosa Police and the Tuscaloosa County Metro Homicide Unit uh, were called there to investigate, and that's where they found her. She was the only resident of the home. So she lives by herself. She owned the home. Mm -hmm. Now, what... Captain Lloyd Baker of the Tuscaloosa County Metro Homicide Unit uh, originally said is, quote, it is not initially clear what the cause of death was. However, it was very clear that it was a homicide. So they knew immediately this woman's been murdered, but it took the autopsy to let them know exactly how she had been murdered. So the medical examiner determine the cause of death to be sharp force injury. So like, is that a, is that a type of like blunt force trauma? I would think more of a stabbing. Oh. I, I assume from that, they didn't sharp know the, force- the exact cause of death. There must've been a lot of blood involved at the crime scene. So they knew that uh, she didn't just have a heart attack and drop yes. in the hallway. Yes. They knew that, that Understood. it wasn't that she was just found lying in her hallway. So they say sharp force injury. Now, Captain Baker said he would not speak any further at this point about the investigation or the victim's wounds or any weapon used. Hmm. So he, they release this and then he zips it up. Well, that's what they hold back, right? They want to make sure that they find, if they do find the person, they've got this information that no one else knows. Yes. To help weed out anybody who might 
Yes. And he said it's unknown um, if Miss Ragsdale was targeted specifically. Um, but they do believe that she was murdered by an intruder. Someone, someone's broke in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, they also, at this point, did not have a suspect and do not know why or how the suspect was there. So there's, you know, not a whole lot that they do know what they in what they will say. They're not really. Yeah. And he gives this um, Lieutenant Baker or Captain Baker. I'm sorry. Captain Baker gives a really good quote as to why he's keeping this information. And, you know, the public, the public wants to know everything. Yes. We think we need to be in the know about everything. And there are times that things are held back for too long. And then when they do release it, the public is no longer any help because it's been too long. You know, right. We can't help you with a certain type of curtain or fabric at this point. It's been 20 years, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of example. Sure. But he gives a great method to the madness of why. And I think people can get behind that once they hear it. And he says, quote, there will be some held back information on this case simply because we know things only the suspect knows. And that helps us to cull leads that are coming in. And when you have a case of this magnitude, you get a lot of leads. Some are good and some are false. And to sort through those, sometimes it helps to know things that the public doesn't know. Yeah. End quote. I thought that was great. Yeah. He comes out and he just says this immediately. That sounds like a crime investigation 101. Yes. And we run across that a lot. Yes. And people forget that. They're like, why are they holding all this information? And I've even asked that before. But he's saying when you get all of these, all of these tips coming in, Mm -hmm. you got to have a way to sift through them and you can't. Show all your cards at that point. Well, I remember when we were talking about the Zodiac case last year, there was certain information that the cops withheld. The number of times the gun was fired or the number of wounds or the location of wounds. It was just things that, again, it's to help yes. make sure that you don't have some nutball. And and that is such... I was so shocked by that when I got into true crime that that is a thing, that people will claim responsibility for a crime they did not commit. We've got 12 D.B. Cooper deathbed confessions so far. Yeah, it is it is one of the wilder, like, psychological things for people. Like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Why? And, and you know, D.B. Cooper, that was kind of cool. People think that's cool. I get that, sure. So I yeah. could probably get on board with why people would confess that. But yeah. why people would call and confess to some sort of brutal murder is beyond me. And they have to have ways to rule people out and say, no, you didn't. Yeah, I did once confess to driving a black Trans Am from Atlanta to Texarkana, Texas, and back to haul 400 illegal cases of Coors beer across state lines, and I did not do that. No, you did not. But I did confess to it at least once. Probably a lot of other guys your age, too. Probably so. That's a big movie. All right, so in the years that followed, investigators have followed up on hundreds of leads and interviewed hundreds of people, including neighbors and construction workers that were doing work nearby. Now, we've brought that up before. There was construction in the area. It had just started a few days before this murder. And we've talked about that in other cases. Yeah. When there was construction going on Mm -hmm. and we had um, child cases. We had 
you know, sex, a sex offender. That was over. That was just across the state line in Georgia. That was one of those yes. that you're talking about. Was, yeah. He was up in a in a bucket working on the power lines or trimming trees, and, and it turns out job. that he was the perpetrator. Yep. So they they have looked into neighbors. Initially, the neighbors really couldn't all get on the same page as to when they had last seen Miss Ragsdale because they believe that she was there for about a day before she was found. Okay. So, but the neighbors had conflicting stories on when they last saw her. So, of course, they're going to really look into the neighbors and and try to get a sense of not only looking at them as a possible suspect, but help us get a timeline here because that's yeah. going to be the most helpful. We need to we need to narrow this down. Yes to as short a span of time as we can. And so then following up on construction workers and things like that. So that's initially what happened when the murder was discovered in February of 2013. Now, who was Kate Ragsdale? I want to take some time and tell you about this lady. Okay. This episode of True Crime on Easy Street is brought to you by the Chamber of Cherokee County, and they would like to remind you to shop local. Put your money into those local businesses that help you, your clubs, your ball teams, your organizations, all of your sales. They help you, so help them shop local. All right, guys, so one of our... uh most amazing sponsors is the Post Herald, a newspaper here in Cherokee County. I happen to be the managing editor and we are doing a subscription drive and we have talked about this on the show. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, a bull hard cash contest. We're going to give away $500. We're going to announce that next week in the paper. We had dozens of entries to pick all of the bowl games, the big ones. And, uh, we've, Got a tiebreaker that's going to happen. It will all have already happened on Monday night. You're going to listen to this on Wednesday. So the game was two days ago, Georgia versus CCU. But when that happens, we will have a winner and we will announce it on our Facebook page. And you can always subscribe to the Post-Herald by calling 256-927-4476 for as little as $20 a year, depending on your zip code. Call us for details. And you don't want to miss what is coming up this week at Easy Street. Like always, Tuesday nights are bingo, Wednesday nights open mic night, Thursday nights trivia. But this Friday, January 20th, is going to be our first ever live band karaoke. You can't miss that. And then Saturday, we have last band standing. We'll see y'all there. And now back to the show. Catherine Kate Webb Ragsdale was born in Durham, North Carolina on January the 28th, 1940. Her parents were James and Margaret Webb. And she grew up in Hillsboro and Greensboro, North Carolina, and graduated from St. Mary's School in Raleigh, North Carolina, where she was the valedictorian of her class. Oh. She received her bachelor's in religion from Sweet Briar College. I mean... Doesn't that just sound like the sweetest lady you know? She received her yeah. bachelor's in religion from Sweetbriar. Mm-hmm. Like, when she gets out of bed every morning and walks around, the birds are following her singing, yeah. right? Yeah, it sounds yeah. pretty wholesome. And her MLS from the School of Library and Information Studies at the University of Alabama. So that's what she was doing in Alabama. She got her master's there and then began working at the University of Alabama in the 1980s in the human, at the Human Resources Institute in the College of Commerce and Business Administration. 
Now, after earning her degree in library science, she was hired as the university library's planning officer and gained the rank of associate professor. She was awarded the Library Leadership Award for faculty in 2004, and in 2012, she received the Distinguished Alumni Award from the University of Alabama School of Library and Information Studies. She's a librarian. Yeah, I probably met her in the hallway at one point at the Amelia Gail Gorgas Library when I was a student there in the late 80s and early 90s. I'm sure you did. Possibly. She was constantly involved in campus-wide committees. So she's gotten a Distinguished Alumni Award, a Library Leadership Award. Why would someone want to murder this woman? Sounds random so far. So Deborah Lane, who at the time of this interview was a UA Assistant Vice President for University Relations. I don't know if she still is to this day. But she said in a statement, uh, quote, Kate Ragsdale played a key role in the growth and development of the university libraries in her long career as a planning officer and had remained actively involved in the UA Retiree Association since her retirement in 2006. Oh, so she, I just assumed that she had just recently retired, she but she'd been retired for time, seven years. Reti- but was still active. She, yeah. Even in 2012. She probably had that, a pretty good state pension. Yeah. After all of that Distinguished time. Alumni Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was an active member of Christ Episcopal Church, where she was a member of the Altar Guild and has served as president and secretary of Murphy Guild. Now, I'm not really schooled in the Episcopalian Church, but... What that, what I'm getting from this is she was, whatever she was involved with, she was an active participant. Right. Yeah. She's not sitting on the sidelines. She sounds like she's she was in she's very involved. Right. Now, here's yeah. another thing that's near and dear to my heart. She was involved with many civic organizations. She was a member of the Friends of the Library Board and for many years served on the board of the West Alabama AIDS Outreach. She was a member of the Junior League and the Colonial Dames. If there was an organization or a club, I mean, Kate Ragsdale Kate's is in it. it. Yeah. She's in it. Yeah. And not only is she in it, she's thriving. She's shining. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, there. when you look at pictures of her, you can see her at various World AIDS Day events that she went to. Uh, she's an, uh, an HIV advocate. Wow. I, I'm just... Perhaps touched in some way in her family. We don't know, but I don't know. it I doesn't don't, matter. For whatever matter. reason, she got involved in the she cause. She got involved. Um, Kate was known for her devotion and loyalty to her family and friends and her sense of humor and enthusiastic approach to life. Among her many interests were music, dance, sports, travel, and gardening. She was an avid fan of University of Alabama football, Scott. <laughs> also basketball, gymnastics, baseball, and softball. She was also known for her great fondness of animals. So she's active on the campus. She's going to all the the sporting events. She's participating in the clubs and the committees and the and the advocacy things. Um, but she's, if if I'm looking at this from an investigator's point of view, this just makes it that much harder to figure out what happened to her because she is out in the community. She's everywhere. Who she is, is her enemy? I don't know that yeah, anybody's her no enemy, one. but her, she's advertising herself mm-hmm. in all of these different uh, venues and all of these different locations. Maybe somebody is just a bad seed and went, wait a minute, here's an elderly lady who lives alone. Could be. 
you know, could be. She's just, she's so out in the community. It's yeah. She she runs into all sorts and she of is, people. She's retired, but she's still living right there. Yeah, near campus. And it's a modest home. We've seen the photos. It's yeah. not a it's not a big elaborate home with uh, with ionic columns out front. It's an it's a it's, it's a it's right. a nice house, but it's not elaborate. But no, it, it doesn't draw the attention of this is the place I need to break in. Exactly. Not at all. Exactly. Yeah. It's a modest home. It is a cute as sure. it be. Sure. A little cute house. Yes. And she's still living there. And, and as I understand it, Scott, part of the Highlands runs near University Boulevard. That's correct. Right? It's right yes, there. Yes, okay, it's so right there. She's still, even though she's been retired seven years, she's still right there. It's right across... Uh, McFarland Boulevard from the campus itself. D, uh, DCH Hospital is right there, and then right past that is Bryant Denny Stadium, and and then boom, you're into the middle of the campus. Well, you're in the middle of the campus before you get to the football stadium. But yeah, she's she's less than a mile from, from her job when yeah. she was at the library, maybe two miles. And she's still just very active in everything yeah. that's going on there. And she she has um, two sons, I believe. Yes, two sons. And some grandchildren and uh, just I was a wondering, family that just loves her. Yeah. They live all over. Uh, one son, uh, you know, lives several states away. Another one lives in a different country. Um, just just looking at the information that I could find online, her her family lives, you know, from Florida to New York to other countries. I mean, she was kind from of all North Carolina. Her. So her, her, yeah. her children she, spread around the Southeast. Yeah, she went to... The University of Alabama for her master's, and it just sounds like she just fell in love with the place, and mm-hmm. she just wanted to stay there. Yeah, and so it happens. You know, <laughs> yeah, it does. And so, um, to talk a little bit more about this area called the Highlands, uh, Scott, you've been able to describe it, kind of where it is, and in, in the sense of uh, how the college is laid out and the town itself yeah. is laid out. Um, it her home is located next to the eastern entrance of the Highlands and has a driveway that connects with University Boulevard. Now the road construction and the utilities work began um, earlier in February, and then she was murdered later on the twenty. So very recently after that construction began. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a there's a red light flashing in some investigators' head just after these strangers moved into this area to begin construction. Yeah. Yes, we have this but tragedy. That, but the interesting part is that um, the 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 work is not set to finish for another six to eight weeks. So it it sounds like if you were traveling with a work crew that you would want to wait yeah. until it's almost over, unless mm-hmm. you intruded and you were interrupted or yeah or whatever right. you know if you okay but again i'm not so sure that the motive for this crime was a robbery i mean there are so many other houses was that she you would look at in that area is there a sexual aspect they have not released any of that they've not okay. released anything that was missing from the house i knew they were contacting her family members and people who hung around with kate they were trying to get a sense of what was missing. Like with the clutters, you had the housekeeper walk through and tell us if anything's missing or not where it's supposed to be. But they've not released any of that. Okay. The only thing they've told about her death was the sharp force. Uh, I got that from being stabbed by something. Right. Yeah. Sharp. Or, so we don't know any of the additional information. We yeah. Just nothing know. about the autopsy except for that basic statement yep. at the beginning. Yep. So they did call the FBI in 
and uh, they met with Charles Dorsey, who's a retired FBI agent and former criminal profiler. And he did create a profile. They discussed the case with him based on the crime and the assessment of her death. His initial analysis was that it is, quote, likely that the offender was young in age and lived in close proximity to the Ragsdale residence, end quote. It is also probable that the, quote, offender walked to and from the crime scene, end quote. Oh, gosh, so they think it's just someone who lives in the neighborhood. The profile indicates that this individual was familiar with the location. The offender appears to exhibit an, quote, extreme lack of criminal sophistication, end quote. Sounds to me like a teenager who wanted 50 bucks and got caught in the house and panicked with the knife in his hand. Possibly. So far. Possibly. And it, but it also says, it should be noted that no potential suspect should be eliminated based on this profile alone, which well, I think they say that all the, the time. The standard disclaimer at the end of the FBI profile, right? Yes. They, they also say an important factor in the profile is that the offender most likely will be displaying tremendous behavioral changes in the days following this horrific event. This behavior change will be obvious in the, uh, to the offenders, peers, family, and friends. Traumatic event. Unexpected. Mm-hmm. Yes. He turns the corner and there she is. Mm-hmm. Has everybody seen season one of The White Lotus? Um, I don't want to spoil anything. So, but anyway, uh, uh, just you don't expect something to happen and then it does. And so that explains why you would be traumatized, even if you are the perpetrator of this crime. Right. So, are there any leads or suspects? Uh, we don't know. They've not revealed any. Seriously? To, to this day. To wow. this day. Almost 10 years later, they're still, I assume the case is still open, but they're not releasing anything. They're not trying very hard to get the public involved any more than um, they already are. They are, because I, I was getting to that. Okay, um, I'm sorry. So, this is, this is, you know, initially that year, what happens. And then pretty much every year that the anniversary of this comes up, you, there you can find another article from, you know, the, from Tuscaloosa, from uh, ABC 3340, Yeah, the, the Birmingham TV affiliates, the Tuscaloosa paper, they've all got an update every year, but nothing changes in the information. It's the same exact story, just with another year added to the timeline. And they've added a reward. Okay. Okay. So, friends and neighbors of Kate... Um, kind of paired with the uh, Tuscaloosa County Sheriff's Office, and they first announced a $15,000 award. Then that was paired with another $5,000 award. I believe at this point, we are still... No, at this point, we're up to $25,000 in award money. For information leading to the arrest of the... To the arrest and conviction of the person who perpetrated this crime. Yes. That's the standard terminology right. Right. so they come back out with this new article and they show her her picture and they talk about all of her involvement they show the home they show some pictures from that night from the police just it's not anything that reveals anything about the crime it's just you see the police there and the crime tape and yeah um the van outside at, yes. and the blue lights reflecting off the shrubbery at the edge of yes. the of the yard yes and so the only thing left to discuss here is the number to call if you have information leading to an arrest, a conviction, just somebody that 
that you think should be looked at. And think about the profile that we just talked about, the change in behavior. And I know it's been 10 years, Mm -hmm. but just think about that. Think about anybody that might have been from that area or would have lived in that area at that time that sort of had some serious behavioral changes. Um, We're talking about what he said was, you know, not a sophisticated crime at all. Right. And almost like you said, may have been surprised and may have not meant to kill anyone. Yeah. At that. And and there haven't been nine more crimes where we see like we have done in some of these serial killer type situations where he gets more sophisticated and more confident in his methods. This sounds like a one-off ridiculous thing the profile makes sense even though we talked about the possibility of being some worker mm-hmm, who yeah. was there with a the construction maybe it was maybe that was the guy it, it was still the same scenario mm-hmm. he walked over there during his lunch hour he was going to look around and see if he could find some some merchandise or some money tucked away between uh, two pages in a book and she walked in the house or maybe it was motivated maybe she was targeted maybe someone saw her but but these are just speculations because sure. we don't know sure we don't know but if you do have any information to give you can contact Tuscaloosa Violent Crimes Unit at 205-464-8690 or you can call Tuscaloosa Crime Stoppers at 205 205- Seven five two seven eight six seven, and let's. This was a very sweet, truly community involved woman. A pillar of the community. Let's br- let's help bring some justice to her. I would love for us to have an update where we can name who, mm-hmm. who did this, and that they were brought to justice for for her for Kate. For her family. Yes, the family for her friends. That. Yes. And um, I saw the interview with the detective at the time who has since retired, and he said, look, I think about this every day. It keeps I want him up to, at night. I want to solve this. This is the one case that bothers him. You hear yeah. about that one case that really troubles someone and even after they retired, and Kate Ragsdale yeah. is his. And so hopefully we can we can help with that. So if you, if you think you might know something, if you think it's not useful... Let the authorities decide if it's sure. not useful. Yeah. It was just wild. An unsophisticated crime. Mm-hmm. You know. A one-off. Yeah. yeah. A, no a, follow-ups. No additional crimes. And just no leads. No. Right. No evidence left. Well, we don't know. But nothing yeah, that we, we know, know of. Nothing that's helped so far in 10 years. Right. To like, find out who it was. Just no camera footage. Wild. <sighs> no. I know. Yeah. All right. So, then you have the numbers and... uh Give them a call. I hope we help. Thank I you. I do too. Yeah. So that's the story of the wonderful, sweet librarian, Kate Ragsdale. Very good job, as Thank always. You. Thank you for that, Kelly. Yeah, that was amazing. I, I just can't imagine her having any. <laughs> if you're not going to give us a five-star review after today, then just stop listening to the show. We don't want you to come <laughs> back. Because that was a fantastic job. And we want you to do that. Go on to your... Uh, streaming platform of choice and leave us a five-star review because that helps us one day when we are all rich and famous we will thank all of you out there who gave us five-star reviews for helping us achieve that uh, (laughs) ultimate goal but you have to you have to give a five-star review and you have to comment because otherwise we don't know you've given yeah then we'll give you a shout out on the show we love to do that and we we haven't done that in a couple of weeks now so somebody out there knew who is a listener who hasn't told us who and where you are do that and we will bring it I love it Is that it? That's it. Are we done? Nothing else? Nope. 
Good night, everybody. <laughs>